Owning It, all this week on The World. I'm Carol Hills. Marco Werman is on assignment in Kenya, and this week he'll have the stories of African women whose business is their own. They are able to come up with small businesses that they can earn living. Through savings alone, they are able to, to, have, to put dinner on the table. Coming up, women owning it in Kenya. Also, Saudi women gain some political clout, and a reporter revisits her favorite hotel in the war-torn Syrian city of Homs. It was all lit up with Christmas lights. There was a whole array of new shops. It was a, a sense that the danger and the violence that we used to hear every night from the hotel had come to an end. Those stories, plus think twice about that shrimp you're about to eat, ahead on the world. Marco's on assignment in Kenya this week. He's there reporting on women and economic empowerment. More on that later in the show. We begin, though, with an update on Syria's civil war. And specifically, we're going to hear about the situation in Homs. For three years, the city's been fought over by government forces and an assortment of rebels. Then last week, the fighting there ended. The rebels cut a deal with the government for safe passage out of the city. That allowed Western reporters the chance to get in. Among them was my BBC colleague, Lise Doucette. She's back in London now, and she says the truce deal in Homs is a significant step in the war. The opposition used to call Homs, and they still do, in effect, the capital of their revolution since it saw some of the first uh, peaceful protests against President Assad's rule and then saw some of the fiercest fighting. Now the government says that all of Homs is under its control. Is it an empty city? Is it are people returning? What, what's it like being there? It is a city both of light and of dark. I was surprised to see that when I walked into the main hotel, which has been used as a headquarters for the United Nations, has served as a a place to meet when negotiations for the local truces were going on. So over the years, I've seen UN uh, military observers there. I've seen spooks and journalists and people gathering. This time, it was all lit up with Christmas lights, there was receptions there, there was a whole array of new shops that had been opened in the lobby, everything from selling lingerie to children's clothes to mobile telephones. It was a a sense that the danger and the, the violence that we used to hear every night from the hotel had come to an end. But there's still great darkness in homes because there are vast neighborhoods which lie in utter complete ruin, haunted ruins that you see not a building standing, every building charred, gutted, pockmarked with bullet holes or flattened into these gray cement pancakes by the ferocious bombardment. And from those cities left the people who formed the backbone of the uprising against President Assad's rule. So it will take a long time before people come back to the city. And we're not just that buildings are, are are rebuilt again, but a whole social fabric. It's hard to believe there are still people living in homes after three years of violence and war. Tell us about some of the people you met on this latest visit. You can go through some neighborhoods in homes and you'd think that there was never a war at all where the traffic is bustling, the traffic lights are blinking, the pizzerias are doing brisk business, the cafes are are full, people are out in the markets. And then you go to another neighborhood, which is completely and utterly destroyed. One of the areas which I made a point of going back to this time was the 
charming old city, an ancient quarter that's been much loved by Syrians from across the country. It too had seen some of the worst of the fighting in this war. It was a besieged area cut off from the government to try to force uh, the fighters there to surrender. We saw the local ceasefire unfold there in May 2014. And I went to the old city at that time to find a a shattered city where not a single building was inhabitable and where the the fabled church of St. Mary of the Holy Belt had the stone floor of a a stone church uh, was scratched and scarred. There were no lights. Uh, The only lights were the candles being lit by by the visitors who were so relieved to be able to come back to their place of worship. There were no pews, no seats in the church. I went back to that that lovely church uh, last week and found a completely different place. The pews had all been restored, honey-colored pews and orderly arrangement, as you'd expect in a church. In one corner, a nativity scene, as Christians would recognize anywhere, a glittering Christmas tree, candles, even a Santa Claus in a corner that